0: Praise God. One more day, another day to give God the glory. And welcome to Dominion Sonship Life today. I have a message again. Praise God. And the message is... An obedient mind subdues. An obedient mind subdues. All of us in the body of Christ recognize that in Christ now we have authority and dominion to subdue all things according to his will. And I think that's the most important thing to, to recognize it's according to his will. And that, um, what we, we read a few weeks ago, I believe it was in Philippians, um, that he's able to subdue all things to himself, that the Lord Jesus Christ is able to subdue all things to himself. And in that subduing, this is where we move. We move in his subduing. We allow that which he's subduing on earth as in heaven, so on earth that we now, the body of Christ, could execute this really delegated authority it is a delegated authority it's not my own desi carnal desi's authority it is the authority of the lord jesus christ and this authority of the lord jesus christ is really the very mind of christ so the very mind of christ is a mind of dominion why would they say that because god in the old testament says that his thoughts are far above our thoughts and so when we recognize something is far above us then that's dominionship right Someone in dominion is the one that has an authority over you, that is above you. And so the thoughts of God are thoughts that are far above our own thoughts. And, and now we do have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit, precious Holy Spirit that dwells in us and that is leading us through the unctions and the checks and the impressions to navigate in the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ's dominion on earth. But only is this dominion, only is this dominion magnified in us, through us, when we ourselves line up under his authority, under his lordship. When we ourselves, when I, Desi, subdue my carnal man, I reckon it dead, when I, I line myself under his authority at that moment. His authority is allowed to manifest through me. Does it make sense? So that I, I of myself do not have agency of authority outside of course a carnal authority, which is what control and manipulation. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is not control and manipulation. who is control and manipulation? Satan is control and manipulation. Satan is an oppressor of freedom, and Christ is a liberty giver. The Lord Jesus Christ came to set us free and and so when we talk about dominion, when we talk about authority in the name of Jesus, we have to really, really at that moment recognize that I do have a a a a um A right to use it. I have delegated authority and responsibility to use it. But I have to be mindful that it's no longer I who's living out this dominion. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ in me walking in authority as he walked in authority earth. And so the biggest authority that we exercise to line up with his authority is where? Where? it's in the mind and so that's the title he gave it an obedient mind subdued. what is an obedient mind it is a mind that is renewed by the Word of God and so without the habitation in the Word of God go, go back to the word that's what dominion sonship is about it is a a living out of a divine reality it is a truth expressed through me that is as it is written, so it is now. That the word that he was with God that came to earth to be with us now, that dawn and put on flesh became flesh, that so we, can, we can really uh, see the demonstration of power, of love, that we now have the same ability to dawn on glory to become the word of God. How do we become the word of God? by being obedient to the word of God. When we subdue our old man, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to use us more and more. And so my starting point is 2 Corinthians 10. So an obedient mind subdues. And so without my obedience, without my submission to his lordship, I can, I can go and run around and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name... But if I'm living a carnal life, how productive, how effective is that authority I want to exercise? It's really, it is really mixed with the mixture of the world that is weakening the body of Christ weakening the body of Christ when we know now mighty Holy Ghost lives in us that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us now so what is available to us that dunamis working power of God the miracle working power of God and so often we find ourselves in in the backyard pecking with a little chicken when we're supposed to soar with the eagles soar the 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 height of the will of god soar the the dominion of christ soar the liberty we have in christ that we have not an action anxious mind that we have no care in our heart that we have freedom set us not just that i have received of his freedom but now i of this freedom i have am releasing to another that i now can become a freedom setter to another. How powerful is that? That we're not to be ever subject under circumstance. That we're never subject in the woe is me moment. That we never be subject to someone did me wrong again and again. But now I'm mighty triumphant in him. That power that raised from the dead lives in me. Look, 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 look who he has made me to be worthy. Worthy to be called a child of God. Worthy to be called a child of the Most High God. To be a child of God. A child of God, like any father that has a child, any mom that has a child, the preciousness of that relationship, the intimacy. And I know some of us might have walked life that might have not had it so much in the natural. But I'm telling you, regardless of your natural experience, God is love. God is love. And so love is our father now. Think about it. Father God has fathered us. Love has fathered us. Love has fathered you and I today. Love, love. The very love of God has given us birth and a right to walk in this love dominion. Because what? Love covers over a multitude of sins. Love dominates. Love never fails. And when my mind is renewed by the love of God, um, beyond trip up because there's no condemnation in love there's no holding back in love but there's a release into greater glory and so second corinthians 10 verse 3 for though we walk in the flesh recognize we walk earth right we do have a body for though we are human right are we supposed to know ourselves after our humanity what does paul write to the corinthians in, in um, let's see, let's find it. In chapter 5, the same book, 2 Corinthians 5, what does Paul say? So what did I just read? Keep your, your fingers in both spots here. So, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, do we acknowledge ourselves according to that nature of the flesh? What does Paul tell the Corinthians just five chapters earlier? that we are now in Christ, and verse 16, therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. From now on we regard no one according to the flesh. I do not regard myself according to flesh, because why? If I regard myself according to the flesh, I don't have access to these weaponry. I don't have access to this, the means by which I'm to do war, not according to the flesh. So there are weapons, but they're not according to the flesh. And that the qualifier then is I have to not know myself after the flesh. I have to disregard, reckon the, that flesh dead, so I can now walk in this free availability of his dominion power. And so, this is really where the mind renewal comes in, by the abiding and the right, the right teaching of the Word of God, to that the Word be allowed to wash us and to remove all the kinkiness of fallen humanity, of woe is me, and I, 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 I can't make it. Someone help me make it. Someone again help me. I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. Who lives in us now? Mighty Holy Ghost, our helper, our comforter, and we are to walk alongside one another, of course we are, and to help one another, but at the end of the day, it's Christ in you that's helping me, it's Christ in me helping you, I am not to even know you after the flesh. And so the weaponry that you bring into my life of edification, the weaponry that you bring into my life to, to, if I was caught in a snare, to disentangle me, it's the weaponry of Christ Himself. It's not just a mere human little conversation. Tell me how bad you feel so I can cry with you. And there are seasons when we walk alongside of someone and we do weep as they weep and laugh as they laugh. And the Word commands us to do that. But thereafter, we have to again bring to remembrance who we are. Who are you today? You're not to regard yourself after the flesh. Because right here in verse 17, in that chapter 5, what does Paul say? Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ? Well, then this next moment applies to you. You're what? An old creature? An old fallen man? You are your old you that was stuck in the, in the, in the, in the mud? No, you are a new creation, brand new, never have been new. Which means I gotta find out how new I am. So everything of the old doesn't qualify for the new. Passion. Passion of truth. So many times we catch ourselves fighting on the wrong front. Fighting with mere flesh. Fighting as flesh. Where does that take us? Strifefulness. Confusion. And the word of God says that's where the enemy is big. Every evil work is in those moments. But we are now What does Paul say? Go back to chapter 10 here, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, which is telling me, he says, our warfare. We are in a warfare. We're not, we're not, not in a war. We are in a warfare. He says the weapons of our warfare. Your warfare, my warfare, our warfare, they're what? They're not carnal. They're not of the flesh. But they're what? They're mighty. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I love it. Pulling down strongholds. I love it. That is dominion. That which God has given to us is dominion. Pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Oh, diffusing every argument and every high thing, every arrogant thing. Everything of pretense that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing, this is it, this is part of my title. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What is telling me? If I do not bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, which is an obedient mind, I cannot subdue. The stronghold. I cannot subdue the argument. I cannot subdue the high arrogant pretense that's in my life. And so the key to dominion, the key to walking out your authority in Christ is really uh, reckoning that old man dead and disallowing the old mindset to communicate lies and accusations and wrong realities that you're stuck, you're stuck, you're stuck, you're stuck, you're You're immovable, stuck, 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 stuck. You're not stuck. You're born again, born from above. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. You are born of the Spirit of liberty. Be free today. Be free today to walk out in this dominion that is not of the flesh, that is not carnal in nature. The only thing that is in in the carnal man, it's not weapons. It's destruction. The only thing that's stuck... That that, that that you have availability to, that you have access to when you're in the flesh, it is snares. It's not the weaponry of God. So next time, the temptation is to engage in a carnal conversation of pity, of arrogance, of, I don't know how they did that. Oh, I would never do that. I heard someone say, I heard someone recently say, let your top lip. Meet your bottom lip and shut up. (laughs) Yeah. And bring, bring into captivity every thought that is exalting itself above the knowledge of Christ, above the knowledge of Christ. And so to be able to subdue it's to have an obedient mind to the Word of God because we're talking about subduing everything to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, who we know walking, having heard my teachings, that I always go back to that Jesus Christ is the living Word. And so we're talking about an obedience to the Word of God. And without reading the Word of God, and we don't know, the Word of God, how can we then subdue every thought to the Word of God? And actually, when you put the Word of God, the Word of God has inherent power to bring submission to your moment. And that's where, and uh, I keep referring to it. So let's see if I can find it in, yes, Philippians. In Philippians um, 3, Philippians 3, 21, the tail end, it's according To the working, but which he, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, but which he is able to subdue all things to himself. So the whole verse reads 21. Who will, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, transform your lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Well, how is this transformation How how does this transformation happen? Well, Paul tells us in Romans that this transformation only happens through the renewing of the mind from glory to glory, that we don't conform to the way of the world, but, but we be renewed where? In our mind? So this transformation that the Lord Jesus Christ is performing, perfecting, it's really to do with our mind. And so when our mind is lined up with the Word of God, when our mind is submitted to the Word of God, We start walking out the life of God because as a man thinks, so is he. And so. The Lord Jesus Christ will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working, according to the working, according to his working, according to the working, by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. Don't read that verse. Okay, Jesus is going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. When we know that right here, Paul tells us that we have a part to play in this in this in second Corinthians chapter 10, a part to play in this submission, in this transformation in this uh, bring forth compliance to your, to your life. Last week I had said that I um, actually wrote it down unruly thoughts rule your flesh unruly thoughts rule your flesh so who brings those thoughts into captivity? I do. I do. So I can align up my flesh. So that I'll then walk out this weapons that are in God to the that are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so if we read that the NAV translation of that verse is, we demolish arguments. How many arguments are in your mind? Arguments. Arguments against yourself. I shouldn't have done it. I could have done better. Arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The Berean literal Bible we are overthrowing arguments and every high thing lifting itself up. Take note, every arrogant thought wants to lift itself up. Wants well, to self-exalt itself above God. Well, who else wanted to exalt himself above God? Satan, to be like God. So these thoughts, these thoughts are really uh, coming from what source? Satan. And our flesh eats it up. Because the nature of the flesh is really that carnal mind is an enemy to God. It's the very nature of Satan. Lifting itself up against the knowledge of God and taking captive. So we're to take captive every thought into the obedience of Christ. The, the amplified. We are destroying. Look at this. We're destroying sophisticated arguments. And these are sophisticated arguments. Yeah, because we've, we've, we've had them play so much. They, they, they got some skill on us now. They're taking on professionalism in our minds. But we're to destroy that and bring on the excellent thoughts of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every, 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 not once in a while, every thought, every thought, I read that to myself, every thought. You evaluate every thought. Just cause you've thought it so often, and it's so familiar with you, to you, and it just sounds right, sounds right, and you can excuse and you can validate. It's a wrong thought. If you have to excuse and validate, it's a wrong thought. If it sounds really familiar and you, you heard yourself say it five years ago, you heard your, your loved ones that raised you up say it, uh, uh, that moment, you might want to check it. You might want to check it. Is it a God thought? Or is it a habitual, sophisticated argument that has set itself and wants to exalt itself, a prideful thought? Against the true knowledge of God, we are now taking every thought and purpose, every thought and purpose, the intents of our heart that are being exposed by the word of God. We're taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. And this is what dominion looks like. Dominion looks like that. me in my private moment before God. I can evaluate my thoughts. I don't have to prove to another I'm holy than someone else. This is done in your private moment. This is when you catch yourself midstream in a conversation. You realize, Jesse, rain in. This is all before God. And this is where a lot of our failures are. A failure of, of a lack of apprehension of unruly thoughts. Of allowing unruly thoughts to rule us. And uh, you know, we're, so we are talking about making these thoughts obedient. Now that, that word obedient, I want to read it up. So to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That word obedient, let's see. In the Strong's. It's obedience, submissiveness, compliance to make every thought comply. And it's the Greek word 5218, hupoko. And um, it comes from to hear and from the word beneath. That means is obedience, literally submission to what is heard. So this word obedience that we are to make every thought obedient to Christ. You got to hear the Christ thought first. The word obedience is made up of two Greek words. It's a compound word. And it is from to hear and beneath, which literally means submission to what is heard. Are you submitted to his voice today? Are you submitted to his word today? Because in your submission to the word, you're bringing submission to your thoughts. Because only the word of God that you hear has the power to make compliance and bring compliance to the unruly, carnal mind. And so because of the way the word is set up in this Greek language, and of course the Holy Ghost is very strategic in using which words where, obedience is as a response to someone speaking. This refers both to an earthly voice and the Lord's voice. So obedience is making everything comply to the voice of God. Now, do you know where else this word obedience was used? It was in Philippians 2. Philippians 2. So back to Philippians we go about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have His mind. We're not separate from Him. I can't do this by myself. I'm yielding to Him. And when I yield to Him, He, at that moment, takes preeminence in my life and the authority and dominion that He Himself is the great I Am now walks life through me. And in Him is only dominion. And His dominion is over all moments of unruly life situation that that are part of death's life. So me running around putting out fires. I put one off, it starts there, there, there. This is, this is carnality. This is sheer confusion. But in Christ, we have divine direction. Woo! We have divine voice guiding every thought and bringing it into compliance to the mind of Christ so that solely the mind of Christ be released through us. What kind of a weaponry is that? That you silence the enemy with just a word he just heard the Lord say. And so that's why he gave me the title, An Obedient Mind Subdues. There is no greater mind that's obedient than the mind of Christ. And now we do have this mind of obedience just yield to his mind. And here we see, Did Jesus subdue some things? Did Jesus perfect some things? Did Jesus put an end to the power of Satan? Did Jesus come up out of the grave? Did he subdue the grave? Did he subdue hell? Yes, he did. How did he subdue it? Here is the key. Obedience. Obedience to his father. Chapter 2, 5. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, chapter 2, verse 5. That's right, Philippians. And look, the mind, the mind, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. Paul tells the Corinthians we do have the mind of Christ, but we are yielding and allowing his mind to function through us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Talking about the mind of Christ, right? The mind that was in Jesus, he says, yield to this mind. Who and what does this mind look like? What does the mind of Jesus look like? Who being in the form of God did not consider it a robbery, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Now that's the ultimate submission to the will and plan of God for mankind that he fully yielded to. He disrobed divinity, so to say, and and put on humanity. The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. The mind of Christ took on flesh. Can the mind of Christ take on flesh in your life and mind? Yes. How? By being yielded not by trying harder to do better, not by being yielded to the love of God, knowing I already am sanctified, I already have been delivered, I already have been made righteousness. I already have been. Not attaining to anything outside of living it out. That's what Paul was attaining to this expression of divine life that we already do have. We, uh, Paul, uh, sorry, um, I, I, I'm not sure if it was a dominion talk that I did or whether it was last week's, might have been even last week's message. Yeah, last week's message, Peter writing, right, that we have now the nature of God, that we're partakers of divine nature. And so he's, verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, Even the death of the cross. That word obedient here, that Jesus became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross is the very word that Paul uses that we have to bring into obedience every thought. You crucify the world in your mind. You crucify that thought in your mind. I'm speaking to myself. You reign that thought in. What does obedience look like? Total humility before God, and that's what we also read Peter last week. Peter uh, writing that that God resists, resists the proud, but He what gives grace to the humble. And if we humble ourselves under His mighty hand, He will do what exalt us in due time. So when when I humble myself, when I bring myself under under the hearing of His voice, when I humble myself to His living Word and I hear His voice and the higher thought, what am I supposed to? I'm um, to use this higher thought I just heard, which we recognize is obedience, submission, and I, may, um, I have to now with this higher thought bring bring every lower thought captive. To make it obey the higher thought, I hope it all makes sense. This is the work of the believer. It is to believe. To believe that which he says to you. And then you become a doer of that which he says to you. That is how the word takes on flesh in your life. Being a doer of that which you hear. And so let's read that again. And verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he did what? Humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And because of that, in verse 9, therefore, God also has highly exalted him. Well, that's exactly what Peter says. When you humble yourself, God would exalt you. Is it because Christ, He's our example. He's our prototype. He is the one that lives life in us now. Remember, no longer I, but Jesus in me. What does that look like? What I just read? He humbled himself, even became obedient, even to the point of death. Are you obedient, even to the point of death, of crucifying your flesh? Are you? Or are you really enjoying the, the frivolousness and, the, and the, the fleeting pleasures of the flesh? They're what? What are they? The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Are you enjoying those? Well, the end of that enjoyment is death. And it's actually to our benefit. This is the very mercy of God that He now has given us the Holy Spirit. To bring these remembrances, to allow the power of Jesus to live in us, to bring submission to this unruliness called carnal thoughts, carnal mind. Therefore, verse 9, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Now this is dominion. How did he walk in this dominion? By submitting. To the one who is dominion, the Father, how do you and I walk in dominion by walking in submission to the Word of Christ? Every thought bring bring down, take it into captivity. And so the Lord, in uh, the tail end of nine, has given him the name that is above every name that in the name that at the name of Jesus, every knee every knee should bow of those dominion every knee will bow everyone's knee of those in heaven of those on earth and those under there what kind of a dominion do we have in us now living so next time you want to have a little pity party boo-hoo-hoo think about this verse and find yourself accountable to the word of God I know You got to pick yourself right back up and say, no, 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 I disallow that old mindset. I just, if God is for me, if God lives in me, if the Lord Jesus Christ, the obedient one, the obedient servant of God lives in me, that I am now allowing his obedience to work out this divine life out through me, which is pure joy, which is an overcoming life. It's a life where you overthrow every argument, every pretense. That doesn't line up with the word of God. You make it comply with the will of God for your life. Is sickness and disease part of his will? No, make it comply, make it comply. Well, it's too tough, Desi. Well, what's really tough is being under the circumstance. It's feeling sorry for yourself all the time. No one loves me. I'm rejected all the, uh, I mean, whatever, the way the record plays, it, it, it sounds different in everyone's mind. That's the strongholds that we're to subdue. That's the strongholds that we're to subdue and to walk life from above. I did a podcast walk. I actually would recommend the podcast. Um, It's my voice recording this past week, and I titled it Living Life from Above. you got to live life from above. But to live life from above, you got to have the above thought, dominating the lower thought. So just because we're born again, Just because we're born again, we don't have the right to be unruly. We have the the right to be disobedient. It's too costly, especially in this last hour. When we recognize who lives in us is the one that bowed the knee. So now every knee will bow to his name. Bow the knee to the Father of glory today. Bow your knee to the Father of glory today. Bow your knee to the Word of God and watch the circumcised Circumstance bow to you. Watch your circumstance bow to you and make way for the king of glory in you to come through. Uh, Finish verse 11. And that every tongue should confess. Confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So make every moment of your life confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of our heavenly Father. Maybe let's go to Hebrews. I had a few more verses, but that's okay. Let's go to Hebrews and we wrap it up. Maybe one portion of scripture will be done. So what was the title? on obedient what? Mind subdues, right? An obedient mind. We're all about authority, but we, we, we have a bit of an issue with subduing every thought. Well, let's say from here forth, there's no more issue. It's our greatest delight to be able to bring everything under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to make every thought subdue and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God our Father. Hebrews chapter 3, because we have an example. We have an example of the Old Testament Hebrews, right? This is the example that was given to us as, as a what? a point of correction, right? Verse 12, beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. A disobedient heart in departing from the living God. An unbelieving heart is a disobedient heart because it departs from the living God. It disobeys the living word. And then the writer of Hebrew says, beware. This is writing to New Testament believers. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But what? Exhort one another daily. Daily encourage one another. While it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is highly deceptive. It looks good, smells good. Doesn't mean it's yours. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So how have we become partakers of Christ if we endure to the end? Verse 15 While it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in in the rebellion. Well, that's why obedience, we looked up the the word in the Greek language. Obedience was made up of the two words that really, what did it say? That you submit to that which you hear. Obedience looks like submission to that which you hear. And so here we recognize that when they in the Old Testament heard the voice of God, they hardened their hearts and they rebelled. Disobedience is rebellion. Verse 16, for who, having heard, rebelled? Who were the ones that rebelled? These are precious people that we would have really enjoyed their company potentially if we lived among them. Dear people that walked with God for a long season, they had a history with God. Maybe they were around a little bit longer than we were in the company of God. I'd be able to parrot and quote the word more. They, they've been around a long time. Who are these people? For, for, for who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Was it not the ones that saw all the, the, the signs? the miracle signs, and wonders? Was it not those that saw the waters part, that walked alongside the most humble servant of God, Moses? Was, was, were they the ones that rebelled? No. Really? Really? It's a good moment to check our hearts. Just because we've been around the things of God for a long time and walked right next to the Moses of the day doesn't mean that we're not in rebellion. Now, that's not to put condemnation on us, but it's really a good moment where he can judge you hard. Let's, let's see, 17. Now, with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So you can be in the camp of God for 40 years and walk in unbelief. You can be every Sunday, go to church and be found in unbelief. That's not pleasing to God. What pleases our Heavenly Father is faith. It is believing. And so that's why I said the work of the believer is to believe. And the one way that we really can focus on is really the primary moment where we, we have a discernment of where we're at is through the thoughts that we think. And so today, bring every thought captive that's not lining up to this word of Christ, that's not lining up with the mercy of God that we have in the word of God. And so an obedient mind is one that subdues every unruly moment in our mind so we can walk out the perfect will of God for our lives. Amen. Amen. We're done.